0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to our true crime podcast.
1: I'm Steve.
0: And I'm Elle. And this This is is Depraved.
1: Depraved.
0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Depraved.
1: So, we haven't been able to get on very much because we've had a couple wild weeks going on here. Stuff going on. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think everybody's had a couple of wild weeks. We
1: got this coronavirus thing going on and... We had a wedding going on, and...
0: Well, we were supposed to have our wedding going on, but...
1: Yeah, that got changed real quick.
0: Yeah, that got canceled, <laughs> at least for the time being.
1: So, yeah, like I said, it, it's been pretty crazy, which has been crazy for everybody right now, but...
0: Yeah, we are going to try to do our best to make this more of a priority and get on every week and bring you guys another story of a wild, crazy, messed up case. But that's all we can say as of right now. We're sorry. (laughs) And yeah, I hope everyone out there is safe and healthy. And come on, guys, stay the fuck at home. (laughs) That's all I got to say. You know, we've been told time and time again, this, that's the only way we're going to get past this and times will go back to normal. Eventually we'll get there.
1: Sometime soon. I hope. Hopefully sooner than later.
0: But the only way we're going to do that is for everyone to do their part. And and... stay
1: the fuck home.
0: (laughs) Yes. Social distancing, guys. Six feet at least. Don't be taking all your kiddos and friends and family into the stores. There's only really need for one of you to go out get essentials. And Lord help me. Please do not go roaming around the home improvement stores because you're bored. You are putting families at risk. Karen does not need her new tile. Sally does not need her new countertops right now. Not the time for home improvements that are not necessary.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's all you gotta say is yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: fuck Karen. Fuck Tammy. Whoever (laughs) needs her shit done, playing a busted line. Don't worry about it.
0: I understand that there are essentials that have to be done, but let's let's stick to the essentials—the
1: major essentials.
0: <laughs> um. Anyway,
1: how about we get started on this case?
0: How about you not shove your face into a pillow so you sound muffled to the audience?
1: Brr, brr, brr.
0: <laughs>
1: I sound ruffled no matter what.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Today we are hitting a case kind of near and dear to my heart. I followed this case very closely as it was unfolding. We saw it all over Facebook and stuff here. It really wasn't covered by the news media that awful much, which is absolutely shocking because it was such a horrible case. But I don't know if there just was so much confusion around it because trust me, this story is confusing. It will blow your mind. You will have to go back and re-listen to things. Because it's just... It is a clusterfuck of a story here, guys.
1: Are we talking about the one that happened in Finley? Yes. Oh, yeah, that one was really fucked up.
0: Yes. And Nobody can
1: keep that one straight.
0: This is the case of Vera Jo Regal. She was a very sweet young lady from everything I have seen and read and heard from people that knew and loved her. And like I said, it wasn't covered by the news media much more by people who had interest in the case on their own. There was a big group that was assembled called Justice for Vera that put a lot of information out there, did a lot of things for her, put purple ribbons all over banisters all over finley and just tried to make sure that she had justice which in the end was very little um
1: i do believe they still do the purple ribbons on stuff on their anniversary and stuff i
0: i'm in all honesty i haven't paid too much of attention and we're not in finley that awful much to really see and if but... we are
1: we just get in and get out because it's finley yeah <laughs>
0: So, if you are not from around this area, and you are thinking Finley, Ohio, what is Finley, Ohio? Well, a lot of Flag people... Flag City, USA! <laughs> yes. It is known as Flag City, USA, because evidently at some point in time, Finley was the town that has flown the most flags per our population or size or something of the sort, but... Something like that. You you drive through Finley, you're not going to go a block without seeing at least a flag.
1: Pretty much.
0: <laughs> that's, that's how it is. It's one of those towns where it's basically a...
1: A rich town that, yeah, rents are expensive.
0: Well, it's a big, small town. It's got a small town feel for a bigger town. Now, eh, granted, it's not a huge town. It does have... A mall which is
1: falling apart
0: well it's not falling apart physically oh, it,
1: it, it, there ain't no hardly anybody in that mall anymore but
0: there's yeah i think that's a lot of malls though like it
1: seems like once sears left the mall everybody else has followed suit
0: yeah it's there's not much left in that little mall anymore
1: Victoria's secrets still in there
0: Victoria's secrets is still in there you would know that <laughs> yeah spencer's is still
1: in there they'll never leave the mall
0: yeah spencer's uh, Bath and Body Works. Chinese
1: I think Nail Places.
0: There's a all Justice. The... Uh, what else? Uh. Best Buy, TJ Maxx, Big R, which isn't Big R anymore. It's something else.
1: Yeah, it's something
0: But, else. anyways, we've got all those. Spit Sorry. I don't know what that was. Okay, anyways. I
1: don't either. I don't want to know.
0: We've got um, two McDonald's, we've got two Walmarts, we've got two Taco Bells, we've got, you know, so it's a bigger town. Um,
1: Shit, ton of gas stations.
0: Everyone was so excited when we finally got a -A. (laughs) Chick-fil-A. It's also the home site of Marathon Oil Company, which is what has kind of made Finley boom, I believe.
1: Yeah, that place is always redoing something on yeah i
0: think that's what really put finley on the map and so in finley you have those neighborhoods that are very wealthy and there's several different neighborhoods it's not just one end of town it's they're kind of dispersed all throughout finley and oh, all, yeah. on the outskirts of finley as well um you see those three-story brick houses that are just absolutely gorgeous
1: and then you have a bunch of your old older houses that Everybody just oozes and over because they look so beautiful, like they did back in the day. And people yes. are still trying to keep them that way.
0: North Main Street is known for its old Victorian homes. Yeah. South Main Street as well. There are pretty also, much anything
1: on Main Street.
0: Well, yeah, they the even
1: Marathon Hospital area has got all the Victorian houses.
0: They even have uh, old houses that were part of the Underground Railroad that they do tours yep. of. Um, I think it's at least once a year. They do art walks downtown. It's it's do a nice little They do gay pride.
1: And yeah, they do all kinds of stuff in Finley.
0: Yeah. And it's just a very welcoming community for the most part. But then you have your places that are very run down. Mm. Very well known for their drugs. Yeah. Um, Finley is a hot spot for the opioid crisis. It Hancock County, Ohio was actually pointed out by the president at one point in time mm. as one of the hotspots for the opioid crisis.
1: And believe me, that wasn't something you be proud of.
0: No, it, it, not at all. There was something else I was going to say about Finley, and now I can't remember what it was. My train of thought just totally derailed.
1: That's where the county fair is.
0: Well, yeah. That
1: kind of it, sucks.
0: It's the county seat. There's... I don't know. There was something I was going to say. I'll come back to it if I remember. Anyhow,
1: enough about Finley.
0: (laughs) Just to give you an idea, if you haven't noticed yet, Finley is... We kind of live in the middle of nowhere.
1: Other words known as buttfuck Egypt.
0: (laughs) We travel to several larger cities around us like we have done in past podcasts. We visit Toledo, we visit Lima, we visit Finley.
1: Bowling Green, Defiance, Lima.
0: I already said Lima. Oh. We go to Cincinnati often. We go to Columbus. Historia. Um, So, depending, depending how the mood strikes us, Ohio's one of those places, and I'm sure a lot of you guys live in those places too, where it's just... It's not a huge deal to drive an hour, two hours to go shopping for school clothes or the bigger shopping days. Yeah, obviously our typical grocery shopping's done a little closer to home, but if we're doing a big shopping trip, especially like Christmas shopping or clothes shopping for the kids for school, supply shopping, we're all over the place. We'll 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 make a good haul (laughs) to go get that stuff done.
1: If they need it, we'll get it. But anyhow. We're getting away from this case.
0: <laughs> that
1: Get back to the case.
0: We we do that quite often in our general conversation. What's this leash? You got a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> anyway, back to the case. On March 26th, there, oh, that's the one other thing. There are train tracks in Finlay. There are a lot of trains. Oh. Um, they stop and stop traffic, and it's horrendous. Anyways. ninety nine is the worst. There is a train that is going through Finley, and after the engineer sees something on the tracks, which I believe he said he assumed was a deer, something of the sort.
1: Yeah, he thought it was a deer body on the train tracks or something like that. I, I do remember something about that.
0: Yeah. He saw something, and he pulled the emergency brake. That's all we know. Which we um, all know
1: when a train stops, it takes him like four miles to stop. It, but anyway. It, it
0: takes him forever to stop, even though I think he was going fairly slow because in Finley they do slow down. But um he obviously passed over what was on the train tracks and when he stopped, he walked back to the general area where he saw what it was, looked under the train and noticed that it was not a deer, it was a young woman. If that remember,
1: was, was a young, naked woman.
0: Yes. And she was obviously deceased. And he obviously called authorities. And this was at about 2.08 a.m. And where he stopped, if you do know Finley at all, it or look it up on Google Maps, something like that, it was around Central Parkway and the Blanchard River overpass. So, you know where that, the general vicinity yeah, is. Yeah,
1: I'm doing the whole looking in my <laughs> head map thing. Yeah,
0: um, The Blanchard River is also known to flood all the time. Shit, you're it, peeing it's, in it, Flood! It's, it's really bad. Anyways, to get into the story, I kind of have to give you a little bit of background first. Or else you are going to be completely lost and not know... Who the hell anybody is?
1: Oh, don't worry, you'll be lost no matter what because yeah, I was lost trying to watch the watch the the TV show on this.
0: Yeah, there is a very very well done documentary on this called Good Night, Sugar Babe. Um, it is available, I believe, on Prime is where we watched it. Yeah. Um, when we originally watched it, it was not widely available. You actually had to go to little locally owned shops and buy the DVD in order to see it. And then once it started gaining traction, it became more widely available. Like I said, there are very little news sources on it. You can look up. You can see some. Just not a whole awful lot. I personally do not know of another podcast that has covered this case. But...
1: I don't know. You're all into the murder so, podcast is more than I am.
0: I'm willing to be the first. If not, hopefully whoever was out there that did it, did it justice. And I hope we do too. Anyway... So, to start off this story, it's really about the Brooks family. The Brooks family has pretty much been described as basically like a Manson family kind of cultish...
1: Fucked up people.
0: Yeah, and they were... All the boys of the Brooks family said they were a part of the Crips, which... <laughs> if, if you know anything about the Brooks family in Finley, Ohio... Yeah, don't see that as a possibility, <laughs> but
1: uh, hey, you know,
0: whatevs, whatever floats your boat. Do you, boo? This this family is just a very very messed up family. The it is headed by Sherry and Kevin Senior. Um, Sherry is the matriarch of the family, where Kevin just kind of sits in the background and does nothing. The is them. He does, yeah, even in the documentary, there he's not shown much because it's all about Sherry, and she is a wild, crazy, yeah, something,
1: wow just say, wild, crazy bitch,
0: <laughs> Kevin is the father of some of her children, um not all of them, <laughs> um she suffers from multiple different medical conditions that sherry has and she has been left wheelchair bound mainly due to her out of control diabetes which has left her feet just a train wreck no pun intended um she this does not stop her from having other people do all the dirty work for her now though she she can't do it but she makes sure others do she just has these kids under her thumb. These it it's really kind of crazy how much control she has over these people. Now, the Brooks children. Sherry had what most of these people describe as two sets of children. The first quote-unquote set were all removed from her custody. Thank the Lord. This was due to multiple accounts of abuse, and neglect, including sexual abuse, from Sherry herself. Sherry was sexually abused as a child by her own father. This may have contributed to some of her skewed ways of thinking, but no matter what, there are several people that were abused and have gone through things that do not turn out to be this kind of a monster, so it's no freaking excuse.
1: Exactly.
0: Um. Her... Mother even said at one point in time that it was known to the family that Sherry did not take care of any of her, ch- any of these first quote unquote set of children, except for her daughter named Maria. And her mom was even proud that she kept Maria for almost a whole year. By golly, she did it. Woohoo. Yeah.
1: Pin a fucking rose on her nose.
0: Sherry's sister even walked in on some of Sherry's sexual abuse towards one of her infant sons saying that she was giving him oral sex as an infant that's
1: that's just wrong and fucked up dude
0: yeah um maria was finally removed from her custody after a while when she was found to be bleeding from the vaginal area and at this point sherry tried to hide maria from the authorities by giving her to her mother however obviously the authorities found her and did remove her these first set of children are scotty joshua michael maria and little sherry scotty comes back into the story later the others do not. I'm not sure why Scotty came back into this picture, but the others, well, I can't say the others don't. Okay. Maria and little Sherry at least don't. I don't believe Joshua does either. Um, it's just, like I said, it's a crazy messed up story. We'll get into it. All these kids, though, were removed from her home between the years of 81 and 87, Okay. Sherry was just set off by the fact that Maria was taken from her. And she did multiple things. She even targeted Vera herself as a baby and attempted to kidnap her to replace Maria. She had tried to convince her mother that she had a child in foster care and this child wasn't hers and tried to convince her mother to get this child for her. All sorts of weird things that you just see a pattern emerging that Again and again and again, Sherry is trying to, quote-unquote, replace Maria. This plays a big role in this whole story. Now, the second set of children that Sherry had, she somehow managed to keep custody of. And to the horror of the children, and the Finley community as a whole, Hmm. she raised these children. Oh, dear God. These children are punky. Punky is Kevin Jr. Everyone knew him as Punky. He was seen as kind of the leader of the family. He was the only one that could stand up to Sherry kind of keep her in check. Okay. Zachary, he was the father of Vera's baby. There was Chucky, which I don't know much about. Chucky? Yes. But this is the one that gets me. Garth she seriously named this poor kid Garth Brooks
1: hey I bet you had a thing for Garth Brooks (laughs) I I could be wrong
0: dude I just couldn't believe it
1: in the thunder rolls
0: (laughs) okay anyways Michael is the last of the kids and he well I'm not sure he's the youngest but he's the last I have on my list he is in a relationship with a girl named Shannon these two come into big play later on in the story as well. So, lots of kids' as names. The main ones you are going to hear is Sherry, again, who is the mom, the matriarch, wheelchair-bound. Punky, you're going to hear that one again. He's Remember, he's the only one that could stand up to Sherry. He kept her in check. You're going to hear Zachary, which again is the father of Vera's baby. Okay, And then Michael and his girlfriend Shannon play a role in this as well. They all play a role. Those are the main ones that you're going to hear about. Okay. (laughs) Now, the other two people are Danny Bixler and Nicole Peters. Okay. This is where it gets confused and starts getting really messed up.
1: And the cycle begins.
0: Danny's father is a cousin to Sherry. Okay. Okay. However, his father and Sherry had a well-known sexual relationship to the point where Sherry even jokes that they were known as the kissing cousins. Yeah.
1: Incest not cool, man.
0: Sherry's son, I believe is Scotty, is the child of her cousin. Her and her cousin's incestual relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I gotta say Okay, So this plays into a role That when Danny does come to her house She takes Danny in like a son Because of the relationship She had with Danny's father Danny is not Sherry's okay. But because of her relationship With his father she treats Danny as a son Nicole Peters
1: So she molasses him
0: too? N- no <laughs> <laughs> I hope not At least not that I know of Nicole Peters is Danny's girlfriend Hey.
1: I think I got this so far.
0: <laughs> it's confusing. Like I said, very confusing.
1: And we're just getting started.
0: Yeah, we're just getting started. And if you guys hear any pages crinkling, just know I'm sorry, but I have notes in a notebook on my computer, a little bit of everywhere, because this case is confusing and in-depth. So... The Brooks family all lived at 300 Center Street in Finley. And I am not sure, but I believe they were petitioning to have the house torn down. I don't know if it is torn down. I think the
1: house did end up getting torn down. I could be wrong. It's
0: at least vacant. I don't know if it's still standing, but I know no one lives there anymore. So, don't go there trying to to attack the Brooks family. They're not there.
1: Yeah. I'm just trying to remember that that road has a vated lot. I don't remember.
0: I can't remember either, <laughs> but like I said, they, at one point in time, at least were petitioning to have it torn down. Um, this house, I know from experience that when you walked by it, when the Brooks were living there, you could smell it from the sidewalk. Have you ever been past a house like that where you could just smell the filth from the sidewalk?
1: Yep. I had one in my hometown.
0: It was absolutely disgusting. It was run down. The paint was chipped off. It you looked at the house and knew that the people that lived there were no good. Mm. It it was just one of those kind of houses.
1: Well, how did you try to say <laughs> clear the fuck away from?
0: Yes. The local Finley Police Department knew this house very well because of all the boys' um very violent tendencies, fighting with neighbors, all sorts of different things, um several different charges on the boys as well as they had been called for several domestic violence calls about the boys and their girlfriends. This was nothing new. The premise of this tale kind of all starts with, like I said, with Sherry and the fact that her first set of children were taken and her daughter Maria was taken that she claimed to love so dearly, but then abused her. I, crazy. Um, but she, because of this, she would convince young, oftentimes mentally challenged girls to start a relationship with her young sons. At that point, she would try to convince them to get pregnant, all in hopes that Sherry would once again, quote-unquote, have her little girl. So, she would find these girls, like I said, oftentimes they were mentally challenged, they were young, get them to sleep with her sons, and her goal was for all her sons to have at least one child by the time they were 16.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, this, this woman was...
1: Really fucked up.
0: Yeah. It, it's I know from experience, guys, being a teen parent is not easy at all. And trying to force your children to have children in teenage years is not a... Not something to be proud of, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, once the girls would get pregnant, Sherry would basically hold them captive. She would force them to move in, sever ties with family, all just, it was a really, really bad situation. I cannot get it through enough of how bad these situations would become as soon as these girls would get pregnant. Now, there is one backstory of one of the girls who got pregnant by Garth. Her name was Gina, and she was somehow able to get away, and she moved out of state with her family, and her pregnancy ended in miscarriage. Which is sad, yes. However, that it's may sad, have but saved however, it's, this girl. Yeah, it's for the best. In March of 2009, Sherry convinced young 22-year-old Vera Joe to try and get pregnant with her son, then 16-year-old Zachary. It's very important that you guys know that Vera had significant learning disabilities. She was a very sweet young girl, but when she was told to do something, she did it to a fault. She could, you could tell her to do anything and she was just out to please everyone around her. So she was going to do it. It was well known that even though she was in her 20s, her mental mental capabilities were more along the line of that of like an eight to 10 year old. So if you picture your average eight to ten year old when they're wanting people to like them, things like that, they are that they to a fault, they will do what you say. And we have an eight year old that will, you know, granted she has her sass, she has her moods, <laughs> but when she's trying to be a people pleaser, she will to a fault. She will do anything you say. Vera at this point moved into the Brooks' home and at this point in time started to lose all of her freedoms and really just became like a real life Cinderella in the Brooks' home. When she found out that Vera was pregnant, and not only pregnant, but with a girl, Sherry was absolutely ecstatic that she would finally have her little girl. So, this was never seen as Vera's daughter, or Zachary's daughter. It was seen as Sherry's daughter from the time Vera was pregnant.
1: This bitch does realize it's their kid, not her kid, right? Uh, oh, wait, no, she's stupid enough we'll not to realize this. that.
0: We'll get into it. By the time Vera was pregnant, Zachary had pretty much lost all the interest in the relationship with Vera. And she was really only kept around because of the baby. And Zachary was well known to be upset that Vera was still around. He didn't want her there, but Sherry said she had to stay there because of the baby. It was a mess. More than a month from Vera's due date, she was forced to drink three bottles of castor oil. Now, if you know, this is an old midwife's trick to try and induce labor. It is never recommended anymore, just because it can cause so many complications and it doesn't always work. But even then, the suggested dose is two tablespoons, not three whole freaking bottles.
1: Or shit must have really came out.
0: It's, yeah, the baby did. Hmm. A month early. And that's the scary part. Veer gave birth to baby Willa Dean on November 4th. Which was just over a month early. And as you know, this can cause severe complications of being premature, which it did. And she was held in the NICU. Willa Dean's due date wasn't until December 6th. Sherry did this, it's believed, because her birthday was at the beginning of November and she wanted Willa Dean to have the same birthday. Okay. Yeah. Completely stupid reason to make this girl have potentially lifelong problems because of being premature
1: just so you can have a birthday with the same same as the child
0: yeah and there's reasons that there is pitocin now and cervidil and all that to induce labor safely in a hospital setting when the time is right i ended up having to be induced with one of my children because of medical complications but i was still 39 weeks i wasn't 36, 34, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it, it's never, and I had a premature baby. My second one was preemie and it's nothing I wish on anyone. It was the scariest time of my life to go through that with him. So I just can only imagine Vera with her limited understanding how scared she must have been through all of this. Anyway, after giving birth, Vera was forced back into slave labor, slave labor at the Brooks' home. She was able to have little to no contact with her own child and Sherry referred to Willadine as her baby, like I said. Vera's quote unquote job was to rub Sherry's feet and take care of them because like I said, they were a train wreck from her out of control diabetes. If Vera ever did something that was Sherry saw as wrong, including playing with Willadine or talking to her, she would be bitten with- bitten.
1: You mean beaten?
0: Yeah, she would be beaten over the head with a wooden stick. During this time, it's also reported that Vera was forced to sleep with a pig in her room.
1: Here, piggy, piggy, piggy.
0: Yeah, this is just, it, it's crazy. We, we're we not laughing at any victims here. We just have to make light of this in order to get through it. Just know, y'all, that's the only way we're going to make it. Her room at this point in time was just full of trash and feces and was just a general nightmarish place to live. It's well known that also that the other members of the family, including Zachary, would beat Vera if they saw her interact with Lilladeen at all. So it wasn't just Sherry. It was the whole family was in on this. Vera was to not have anything to do with Willa Dean. And now, this is what I don't understand. Maybe Willa Dean understood that Vera was her mom. Even though she was constantly being told that Sherry was her mom. Because in the documentary, they talk about times where like Willa Dean would get upset when she saw people hitting Vera. Now, remember, all this that we're talking about, Willa Dean was present for this. She saw this. Now, granted, I think she was two years old by the time Vera was murdered, but that's still traumatic, no matter what. Sherry, during this time, if you're wondering how all this worked, she supported the whole family on the social security that she was bringing in. Because Sherry was on Social Security, Social Security, all the boys were, Vera was, and she was the payee for all of them. At this point in time, they were receiving about $700 a month per person on it. Okay? So, in all actuality, that's quite a bit of money that they were bringing in.
1: Yeah. Plus,
0: being that they were on Social Security, I'm sure they qualified for things like Medicaid, food stamps, Metropolitan Housing reduced utility expenses.
1: All kinds of shit.
0: Yeah. So they had the money to care for themselves and for Vera and Willadine. They just didn't. I'm it makes me wonder if that's part of why she had these girls move in with them too, is so she could get their social security. Probably. Because I don't see why she wouldn't have just kicked these girls out after they had the baby. I I don't know how all of it worked. Just crazy. Anyways, August of 2010. Punky. Now remember, this is the son that was the only one that could keep Sherry in line. Everyone kind of looked up to Punky. He was kind of the leader. Um he would make sure Sherry was kept in check. Punky had a child of his own as a teenager by another teenage girl who had some mental um, disabilities as well. He was hit and killed in August of 2010 while walking down a dark highway late with night in Finley. It is well known that by several members of the community that he was walking down this way to get drugs for himself or someone else, but... It it was just a freak accident. You're walking down a dark highway. There's no sidewalks. Speed limit's probably 55. He got hit by a car. It sucks. It's horrible. But it was an accident nonetheless. Right. We'll get back to this.
1: Well, it's called an accident.
0: Yes. We will come back to this later. It plays a role in this all as well. But just know that his death, because Sherry was really close with him, just kind of set. Her, Everything in the spin. Yeah, she was already freaking psychotic as well. Yeah, obviously, but this just sent her worse into a tail dive. September 2010. Findlay police dispatch log shows a call from Vera's sister Ashley. It's Ashley was stating that Vera was being held hostage by the Brooks family and beaten on a regular basis, but no report was ever filed for by the Findlay Police Department. The log shows that it was called in. No one ever checked it out. However, the Finley police were called several times to the residence about Vera Jo. Saying that she had been tortured, um, beaten, all sorts of things. However, as most people know, when she's being interviewed, Sherry's always right there. They never interview her without Sherry.
1: So, yeah, she's going to say nothing's happening because Sherry's right there. She knows she's going to get beat even more if she does say anything. She's
0: terrified. So, she tells them, I'm fine. But they they can see she's beaten and broken and bruised. And they know about her mental state. But because she's in her 20s, there's nothing they can do. She wants to be there. Get her out of, oh, this just irritates me. Had they just interviewed her without Sherry, maybe this could have been stopped. And there needs to be more protections put in place to people, for people who are like Vera Jo. And it just, it terrifies me how many young men and women can be put in situations like this. Because even though they are legally an adult, and yes, they still deserve a lot of those adult privileges and things, they they need more protection, more support, more it, things like that need to be taken into account, especially when people are calling in and saying, this poor girl is being beaten. Especially when they
1: get multiple calls about it.
0: Yeah. They, yeah. <clears throat> okay. This brings us up to Sunday, March 20th, 2011. Now, Nicole Peters and Danny Bexler we're back to them. This is the son of the cousin
1: okay. and his
0: girlfriend. Danny had just gotten out of prison. He's been in and out of prison, jail, juvie, his whole life. he just gotten out and was at a park in Tiffin, Ohio, which if you know Finley... There is actually the, one of the main roads in Finley is called Tiffin Avenue Mm -hmm. because it leads right into Tiffin. Mm -hmm. Tiffin's about what, maybe 20 minutes away from Finley. Eh,
1: Give or take. Yeah.
0: So they're in a park in Tiffin and Danny assaults a teenager because he sees him coming on to Nicole or something of the sort. And the cops are called. Danny knows that he's going to go back to prison if he's there. So Danny and Nicole up and take off and end up at Sherry's already crowded, overflowing, busting at the gills home. By the time they get there, Vera has already been banned to her room. She's not allowed to leave her room for anything, including use the restroom. So she's having to defecate and urinate in her room with it's it's a disaster. It's just this poor girl. Anyway, it was also reported that about this time, if you were talking to her, she wouldn't even look up. She would just, she'd have a hood over her head and she would just look down. And if you said something to her, she'd just say, I can't talk. I can't talk. I can't talk. and would just keep walking. This is a sure sign of abuse.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Danny and Zachary at this point in time, Zachary is Vera's baby's daddy. Danny is the cousin's son. They became fast friends. Um, Sherry, at this point, and the rest of the family were telling Danny and Nicole stories about Vera to get them to turn against her. Because as you can remember, Zachary wanted nothing to do with Vera anymore. Sherry had no use for her. She already got the daughter from her. It was, what do we do with Vera now, basically. So they started telling these stories to Danny and Nicole to get them to turn against her. Things like she was very disrespectful to Punky. And they even told Danny and Nicole that Vera was responsible for Punky's death. Yeah. As we said, he was hit on a remote highway with his girlfriend at that point in time. Not Vera. Was there. And somehow Vera's responsible for his death.
1: Yeah, that's... Anyway. The the math won't add up on that one.
0: Well... It even got to a point where they had like this homemade memorial in their living room for Punky. And evidently, there was like they would leave things there for Punky. I know people who do this personally. I think it's weird. Whatever. I do take stuff out to like my nephew's gravesite, things like that. However, the things that they would leave would be like candy bars and stuff like that. And evidently, I don't know if it's even true or not, but supposedly Vera took a candy bar out of the memorial and ate it. If she did, it was probably because they were freaking starving her. Mm, Probably. Well, this just earned her a beating because, oh my God, how how dare she disrespect Punky in that way. But anyway, Nicole, who was also known as a people pleaser, fell right into this trap. She just wanted to please Sherry and the family. At this point in time, plans were already being made for Vera's demise. They, If you watch the documentary, it's well known by the family, friends of the family, things like that. Things were being discussed. Why this wasn't reported, I, I have no freaking idea. Or if it was, it was ignored. Lord only knows. Anyway, she was being beaten worse and worse. And now she was also being sexually assaulted by both Danny and Nicole. Danny and Nicole would beat her with things like a lock attached to the end of a belt and just all sorts of other homemade torture devices. And they would only stop to go have sex because somehow beating Vera turned them on and they'd have to leave and go have sex. And then they would come back and beat her more. Now, the... Even more messed up thing about this is all these beatings took place in Sherry's bedroom while Sherry was present. And she would encourage this.
1: What the fuck?
0: Yes. So this poor girl is getting beaten, assaulted, sexually assaulted, tortured, in the presence of multiple people and no one's helping her.
1: Dude, that's fucked up.
0: Yes. It. If you can't tell, I'm I'm getting... <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's getting hot.
0: <laughs> My hands are flying.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm a ducking. <laughs> I get excited about something and I can't... My mom always <laughs> says, if I tied your hands behind your back, you wouldn't be able to talk.
1: <laughs> that ain't no lie. <laughs> Especially when you're really upset.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway, it's reported that Nicole had broken nearly every bone in Vera's face at this point because Sherry had her convinced that Vera was after Danny. They were beating the shit out of this poor girl. How is she going after anyone?
1: I don't want you to have time to.
0: Okay, this is where things take an even more downhill turn very rapidly. So this brings us to about March 25th, 2011. Sorry if there was a jump in the audio there, guys. We had to take a break for a hot second. Anyway, at this point in time, Vera walked across the street, was walked across the street from the Brooks home to the local Salvation Army there in Finley for one of their free lunch programs. They did this often. The people there knew Vera, they knew the Brooks family, and they obviously saw her broken and battered and bruised, and they did nothing. Mm. So basically, this story is about a whole lot of people doing doing nothing shit. So this brings us back to what has become our motto. If you see something,
1: do something! Yes. motherfuckers
0: so march 26th is the day that vera's torture would finally come to an end but in a horrible way this night danny and nicole after spending the whole day beating her
1: and having sex with each other
0: danny and nicole forced vera outside after dark for a quote-unquote walk mm. she didn't want to go on this walk um she asked scotty who was there at the time to go with her But Zachary stopped him and said, you don't want to be there for what's about to happen. Um, And mind you, in the house at this point in time are several of the Brooks family members, all of the boys, several of the girlfriends, several friends. They all know what's What's going going to happen. And... Scotty seems to be the only one that maybe even attempted to do anything, but was stopped. I don't know. It, 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 it's just crazy. Anyway. Let me find my place again. Um, yeah, Sherry told Zachary, too, that she didn't want him going because she didn't want him to be charged um, for what was about to happen. So that tells you Sherry also knew what was going to happen they walked her to the set of train tracks that we talked about earlier that was nearby and forced her to undress just to humiliate her more and to torture her more. Cause mind you, this is March in Ohio. It's freaking freezing. Yeah. They cut her from ear to ear with a dull knife. So obviously this took tremendous effort and it didn't go very deep, and they had to use this kind of sawing motion, which I'm just sure was even that much more torture. And they stabbed her multiple times in both of her legs, so she wouldn't be able to run. After they are done absolutely torturing this poor girl, they believed she was dead, and they laid her on the train tracks. They did this because they believed that when a train would come by, it would destroy her body and, therefore, any evidence of the beatings or her murder, but... They you
1: know, didn't take consideration how tall the train actually is on we'll, the tracks. We'll,
0: we'll talk about that here in a second. We'll just talk about it all. Okay, anyway. Vera wasn't dead at this point in time. They didn't know. She was very close to death. Um, but she had just enough life left in her that she curled herself into a fetal position between the rails of the train because they had laid her over both the rails, like, sideways.
1: Okay.
0: She curled herself up into a fetal position, and she was just a tiny little girl, so when she curled herself up into that position, it was just enough, she was just small enough that the train didn't touch her as it went over her. So none of the evidence was destroyed, motherfuckers.
1: Try again? No, wait, wait, don't try again.
0: Yeah, (laughs) let's not try again. (laughs) Danny, however, then decided he needed to just confess to everyone. He told his sister he told people at a party, Nicole's telling people they even walked down to a convenience store at one point in time and then clerk told him like they had just found a body on the tracks and they were really suspicious about it and like took off and ran and it it's crazy. The resulting police investigation was just a complete and total clusterfuck. I don't even know how to explain it. I don't know what was... Finley, mind you, does not have a lot of murder. And if they do, it's those easily solvable crimes of the boyfriend did it, the husband did it. You know, just easily solvable crimes. So I don't know if they just were not well versed in this. I don't know. But it was just, it was a shit show. Um, it took, um, almost two days to notify her mom. Sherry identified the body because Sherry told the police that her parents were dead and they, for some freaking reason, believed her. Okay. They didn't go public with it for a while. The Brooks family are telling them everything from Vera had a black boyfriend from Lima, Ohio. She was last seen with him. There's just all sorts of stories that are going around. It's absolutely, like I said, go watch Goodnight Sugar Babe. They go into kind of all these different theories that were thrown out by the Brooks's, Brooks family. But obviously none of them are true. Um, Police obviously end up finding out that she was murdered by Danny and Nicole. They... Did have videotape from the Salvation Army, which I said was right across the street from the Brooks, Brooks home of Vera walking out that night with Danny and Nicole, which was like their main starting point. Nicole ended up taking a plea deal later and confessing to things. Um, I think Danny may have as well. I, I'm not sure. I know his sentence. I'm not sure if he took a plea deal. Um, like I said, the whole investigation was just a freaking show. And then there are also several different accounts from members of the Brooks family and Danny and Nicole as to why Vera was even killed in the first place. It's widely believed by the Finland community and all those around us, and obviously the maker of this documentary, I think, um, that she was killed because Sherry wanted her killed. Because Sherry wanted her killed. it sounds. But... Sherry says it's because of Michael and Shannon. Michael and Shannon wanted her killed because they wanted Willa Dean for themselves.
1: No, I think more Sherry wanted Willa Dean for herself. Well,
0: then Nicole says this whole time that it's because of an incident where Vera evidently sprayed pepper spray in the house, which caused Shannon to go to the hospital. And then Shannon then lost the baby she was carrying as a result. In the documentary, though, Shannon says this isn't true because she was never pregnant. However, there are Facebook posts saying that she is pregnant and Sherry commenting on them, things like that. So at some point in time, Sherry either believed she was pregnant or she was lying about the fact she was pregnant to try and fake this miscarriage to get Nicole to turn against Vera. But that's at least that's what Nicole says she believes is that she was killed because Vera killed this Shannon's unborn child. It's just kind of, like I said, it is a crazy shit show to what all was going on here. Um, Vera, later, it's found in her purse that she left a note for Willa Dean. I don't know if she knew she was going to die or if it was just something she wrote, but it also kind of lends an eye into... The mental state of Vera. It just simply says, I love you, Willa Dean. You're a good little baby girl. I'm glad to be your mommy, and I'm glad I had you on November 4th at 4 16 a.m. Six pounds, two ounces, 19 inches long. Mommy loves you. Now, at this point in time, Danny is sentenced with to life with parole after 40 years. Nicole is sentenced to 23 years. Several of the Brooks family members are charged with tampering with evidence and impeding a police investigation. All sorts of stuff like that.
1: So basically the Brooks family just got a slap on the wrist and said yeah, don't do it again. Yeah, all of
0: them served little to no jail time. Sherry didn't serve any. Sherry did not serve any jail time. What the
1: fuck? She was a ringleader.
0: I don't know how more. She's the one she went for fucking Sherry life. Sherry did not serve a single freaking day in jail. And the judge said it was because of her medical conditions. I don't freaking care about your medical conditions. You, you do the crime,
1: you do the time. Yes,
0: you were just as much part of this girl's murder as anyone. The thing that gets me is no one was ever charged or convicted for the tur- torture and beatings of Vera that occurred before the murder itself. No one. So justice for Vera was never gotten, as far as I'm concerned. Now, here's one thing. Oh, and here's another thing I have written down, just so you know. There are photos of Danny and Nicole at a party just minutes after the murder, smiling and partying away. Shows you how much remorse they have.
1: Yeah, because they're a bunch of fucking assholes. Yeah.
0: So, um... Mind you... The, uh... Custody of Willadine Dean... Is still now... Up in the air. Because Vera's gone. Her mother... Never got custody of Willa Dean. I'm not sure what all happened there. I'm not sure if she was found to be unfit. If she couldn't care for her. Whatever it was. But Sherry and Zachary tried to get custody of Willa Dean.
1: Please Sherry, They, they, they deny. Hold on.
0: Sherry petitioned for Zachary to get custody back of Willa Dean. Now, they went through all the quote unquote proper channels. Because by law, they, he's a parent, they have to do this. But he was given like these supervised visitation times that I know in Finley, there's a place called Hope House, mm-hmm. which they, I'm assuming that they went through that in these supervised situations, it's a neutral, neutral zone. It's set up just like the living room of a home family home. You go in the child's there with a caseworker that supervises you the whole time. There's cameras, things like that. You are given a time and date. You go, you visit with your child, you leave. In situations like this, you go, you visit with your child so many times and the periods get longer. And then it becomes so many hours at your home unsupervised and so on and so forth before you get custody back, right? This is a long drawn out process and you really have to want this in order to make this work and get your child back. And that's actually a good system because Hopefully, it helps keep people from having children that they're just deserve. going to be. Anyways, Zachary only showed up to one of these. because And reportedly never went back because Willa Dean didn't want anything to do with him. Well, no shit. She didn't want anything to do with him. Oh, she yeah. She knows what saw, was going on. She saw her mother getting beaten by him. She saw all these. She would just scream and cry and wanted nothing to do with Zachary. So, he never went back. So, thankfully... The judge terminated his rights and Willa Dean was adopted by a family and everything in that, thank the Lord is sealed. No, I'm sure her name was changed. No one knows where she is, who her family is.
1: Thank God. Anything
0: like that, which is a very good thing. This girl does not need this drama and craziness in her life. I just do hope that eventually when she's old enough to understand and know that hopefully her family at least lets them know that her mother loved her and cared for her and would have done anything to protect her. And she really gave her life for her. Right. So, you know, even if they don't go into the details of the way she was beaten and tortured and murdered. At least let her know. That her mom loved her. Yeah. Because it, it, there was definitely no lack of love from Vera towards Willity. So that kind of wraps this up. Like I said, it's a crazy messed up story. They go a lot more in depth in that documentary I've mentioned several times. If you want to go and watch it, it's, it's just a sad, sad tale. And like I said, there needs to be more information out there because, sorry guys, Steve's here trying to read my notes and it's about a different case and he's got this really confused look on his face I'm trying to get his head out of the notes. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, it's... I think we just need to get this information out there because when authorities feel that they can get away with the very little effort that was put into giving... Vera the justice she deserved. But, you know, putting anyone behind bars for the torture that she received before, for not checking up on a lot of these calls, for interviewing her in front of Sherry multiple times where they could have saved her, for not taking into account the fact that she was mentally challenged when they went and interviewed her. You know, these are the things... These are why we tell these stories. Because... Unless these stories get out there, unless people realize that these things really happen.
1: They're not going to do anything different about it.
0: Exactly. They're not going to change. Do I know how to change them? No, I don't. But that's why I put the information out there, hoping that someone out there does. And they will get something going. This is just yet another case of people not saying something when they should have. Not standing up. Not helping Vera. And it just saddens me. Mm. Anyway, that is it for this episode. We hope you come back and join us again. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can look us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on all three. Some form of Depraved Podcast. If you put Depraved Podcast in there, we'll come up at some point in time. (laughs) You'll see our logo. Um, If you want to... Send us a Gmail. We're at podcastdepraved at gmail dot com. Other than that, that's all we got for you.
1: And remember, you never know what's lurking in your neighborhood.